0: Hey everyone, Rosie here. Before we get started with this episode, we just want to send a big thank you to our partner Grind Coffee Co. for their support of the show. They're a convenient subscription service offering specialty grade, single source, 100% Arabica coffee available in whole bean and drip grind. Check out grindcoffeeco.com.
1: What? No way. Fuck sakes. These guys got me on the builder's session.
2: Welcome to The Builder Sessions, a podcast where we chat with your favorite builders. We get to know them, their stories, and hopefully inspire you to get off the couch and build something cool. I'm Hoff. And
0: I'm Rosie. And on this episode, we have Sean, the What No Away Guy. We talk about his journey to become a welder, the trials of starting and operating his own welding shop. And yes, we chat about TikTok
2: as well. Please enjoy our interview with Sean.
0: John, the No Way guy, thanks for coming on the show.
1: You betcha. How's it going, guys? It's going
0: pretty good. It's going good. This is sweet. We're I'm, this is awesome. I until I've been following you for a while, and um, probably not as long as you've been, you know, doing this stuff on socials. But I've been following you, and you're absolutely hilarious. And and we then, learn a lot. We That's learn the a best lot. part. And We learn a lot, and it's. it's just, <laughs> It's the, shit, it's the stuff that we don't have to go out and buy a can of WD-40 to try ourselves, and you're saving us a lot of money and time. <laughs> but then I learned you're a welder, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Let's get this guy on here. And you're like an hour away
1: from us. Yeah, no, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's been quite the journey, I guess you could say. But uh, yeah, I'm always learn- learning stuff on TikTok, and it's mostly all common sense stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> Is what exactly. everyone informs me. Oh, that's common yeah, sense. Well, yeah. it's usually common sense stuff that you don't think about. And
2: but also, thanks for the view. We appreciate that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thanks yeah. for <laughs>
2: yeah. so you're saying separating two buckets with an air nozzle is common sense because I had no yeah. idea about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, like, yeah.
0: this is wicked. <laughs> yeah, that's, you didn't know that, noob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, take the training wheels off, Rook. Like, come on. So, Sean, <laughs> for those of those of our listeners who aren't uh, familiar with you. I mean, I said Sean the No Way guy, but uh, tell us a little bit, little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, so I have a small welding shop up in the Balkan area. Um, I started started posting stuff on social media, and it kind of just blew up, and then I got slowly referred to as the No Way guy.
0: So wait, wait, okay, what's that? Let's let's dive into that. So what were you posting on social, and then why did the No Way guy? Um, tagline or um nickname come to be.
1: Well I guess it all started with a bet with my wife of we we're sitting as, around all, as during, all things do. <laughs> yeah. Uh we were bored during COVID and nothing to do. So downloaded TikTok and we both started up accounts and see who could get the most followers and so I started up mine. It was just my uh like my welding business and I was doing welding content and just some stupid videos. One wasn't getting a whole bunch of views or nothing. Uh, I did get enough, enough followers to win the bet with, with that profile. And, uh, so I I had seen some other guys, they were doing stuff with cars and stuff like that. So I started up another account and it was called it's just money car it was me working on my Chevelle and stuff like that and absolutely no one wanted to watch that I didn't get any followers no views and uh so I was trying to trying to find something that people would want to watch and I did a reaction video uh I think it was this putting a wrench on the end of a screwdriver for more torque on it and I did my what no way and And it caught a lot of traction right away. And I did another one and that one went viral too. So I changed my, my, it's just money car page over to what in a way. And we, I started doing more reaction videos and then, yeah, pretty much, I was getting tagged and so much stuff and where's the no way guy. Where's the no way guy. And so, yeah, that kind of got me the nickname, the no way guy. And (laughs) uh, it's been quite, Quite the journey, I guess you could say.
0: And now you're at, uh, on TikTok at least, 4.1 million followers.
1: Yeah, so TikTok we're at 4.1. We got 1.5, I think, on Facebook. And then with uh, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram, that's another 500,000 on there. Hmm. So, yeah, it's just blown up. It's absolutely crazy.
2: Did you have any idea would get that, like you would become that popular from doing what you do, sending these videos out? Like, did you just think you're just gonna throw some shit together and see what happens? Did you think it could grow up to what you're at right now?
1: No, like when I started doing them, it it was just for fun. It was just something fun to do, and yeah, I was getting some views. We're having having fun doing it, and I never imagined it would ever blow up the way it did, and that's like and then once we started putting some time into it and actually like thinking things through then then that's when the big followers and the and the views really started to come.
0: So okay, so let's step it back for a minute. You mentioned welder, you're doing welding content. Um, can we talk a little bit about how you got into that trade? Cuz I want to hear like I I'm I'm dying to hear the stories and like the awesome like the cool social media stuff, but I want to know to and our audience wants to know like where how did you get to where you're at and where did you start and you're you're a welder by trade i'm assuming you have your journeyman and and like where did where did all that start
1: ah uh, so that kind of started well in high school i i wasn't i guess he could say the smartest kid i like i had ambitions to be uh like i wanted to be a conservation officer Uh, something like that and I just I didn't have the credits for it I didn't have the court the right classes for it and I was trying to figure it out and uh, my teacher Mr. Branley, he uh, pulled me aside and he's like well do you like building things and I said I do so he I went into the welding program with him and it like right away I, I really enjoyed welding so I took three grade 10 11 12 of welding and it was actually because of welding that i graduated Mm -hmm. my teacher like i was short credits and wasn't going to graduate my teacher's like you you build something and i'll get you the credits so i was doing work experience with a welder outside of town and talking to him and we came up with this idea that we were going to build a eight foot long potato cannon (laughs) as my (laughs) 12 welding project so we we did a bunch of pipe fitting and i drew it all up and everything like that and i built this yeah it's about eight feet long like it sits a, on le- a,
0: tr- a legit potato cannon like oh yeah like with pipe fitting and caps and everything that's sweet
1: so we build this thing and like, I mean, I, I was scared to shoot it off the first time because, I mean, I'm still learning well weld. And the guy that was teaching me is like, oh, no, it's all good. You, you're fine. And so I took this thing in into into the school, like not in the school, but it was in the back of my truck. And I went in, and told Mr. Branley I said, yeah, it's all done. I, I got it outside. And he knew what I was building. So he comes out and we set the thing up because it sits on a big steel tripod and it's got two handles on the back, and then it's got a barbecue sparker is the, is the, the ignition on it. And he says to me, he's like, have you, have you shot it yet? And I said, no, i kind of scared to. And he's like, well, I'll go get the oxyacetylene torch no. and bring it out here.
0: Oh, no way.
1: So we, we shoved a, a tennis ball down the barrel. And we snuffed out a neutral flame and shoved it into the chamber. And I kept saying, like, is that good? Is that good? And he's oh, no, a little bit more, a little bit more. And finally he said that was good. And so we put the spark plug into it and I stepped back and I was holding it. And when I shot the thing, it kicked back about a foot and a half. <laughs> and, like, it, the bang was so loud that, like, you could hear it through the school and it shot the tennis ball clear out of sight. And, 100%. Uh, so it, yeah. Yeah. Here's your diploma. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, yeah, so he, uh, he looks at it. And he looks at the the pictures I drew of it and everything I did on it. And I mean, I got, I think it was close to like 10 credits out of it. I got pipe fitting, drafting, welding. I got a whole bunch of different credits out of it. And, uh, so I kind of owe, owe him, for getting me through high school right and so so once I graduated I basically just got on looking for any job I could find as a welder and I start my first job was actually at Southland Trailers in Lethbridge Mm -hmm. and so I worked there for I think seven years and I took I signed up for my first year apprenticeship there. And when I went to sign up for school and I came back the next day and they're like, Oh no, you can't go. We got someone else that's going. So I ended up quitting that job, going to a different trailer shop and doing all three years back to back. Cause I had all my hours from the seven years of working at oh, Southland. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's a, so I worked in, two trailer shops off the off the bat then I went into uh, some pipe welding I was a helper for a little bit and yeah and then I and then I kind of went into repair shops
0: oh cool so like welding repairs on like trucks and that type of thing or what type of repairs
1: yeah so we did a lot of like heavy equipment uh the most notable one I worked in BC and we did like rebuilds on D11 blades and stuff like that, and that's that's what really grew my love for welding is when you're doing something different every day.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I couldn't imagine doing the same mm-hmm. the same weld or the same position or the same you know setup every <coughs> single day. It'd be it'd be yeah. Well,
1: that's what it was like at the trailer shop. I mean, you were a guy on an assembly line, and it was just. You put the walls on, and I, I was the guy that did the the roof caps. Mm-hmm. So that's all I did every day, all day was put roof caps on trailers.
0: And to some people, that's all they want, right? For some people, that monotony—I did not even call it monotony they, they love it. They—they they don't need the that. repetition. But for someone like, let's say, I'm just—I'm going to speak for myself here with ADHD. Um, the variety is awesome, and you know something new coming in—boom, boom, boom. My brain's firing. And, but yeah, I go, or and like as an extrovert, I can't just be, when I was working in a, in a rod shop one time, I was just sanding a car all day for hail jobs and it, I just went crazy. So I could, I could definitely yeah. relate to that.
2: But sometimes I feel that repetition you can, I mean, obviously you don't want three or four years doing the same thing, but if you have that repetition on a certain task, you're going to get really good at it. Hopefully you can maybe change that. Because I remember yeah. working at some hotels and building doors, interior doors and hanging them. I still hate hanging doors to this day, but you do so many of them, you get really good and efficient and you kind of get little ways to kind of get better at it. But I guess, you know, three or four years of doing the same thing, that might get a bit old, but I mean, to each their own, right? Everybody, everybody has their hands in different pots here. So
0: yeah. yeah. Everyone has interests, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, I I had my own Walden shop for, I think it was two years and I kind of, I was young and didn't take it serious and you know like oh I got job here job there and I wasn't ambitious with it so I ended up shutting down the shop and going to another company and that that's when I went out to BC and started working out there and then I got out of welding for a while
3: Mm.
1: it was getting hard on my body like with the heavy equipment stuff so and I met met my wife and she was a heavy equipment operator. Oh, sweet. So I, yeah. So I followed her around for a year. We basically moved into a hotel and went around, around the province doing different stuff. And, and uh, yeah, I, I've done a lot of, a lot of things.
2: <laughs> it's nice to hear when somebody says that shop or trades classes help them graduate. Cause being shop teachers here. Um, Sometimes there are students that, you know, are struggling to graduate um, and they don't have certain courses or marks or their marks aren't good in core courses. And then they can come into the physical spaces, whether it's, you know, welding, automotive, woodworking, all those, and they thrive and they can graduate and it moves them on to a potential path in the trades or something else. And it's nice to be able to have a space where people can be comfortable, can go, you know, problem solve, create potato cannons, whatever (laughs) you want, and you're able to to walk across with your diploma. And, you know, it's something that you enjoy to do and you're not sitting in front of you're writing an essay, you know, that you have to get a 85% on to to graduate high school. You can go build something cool and, you know, it kind of just sparks it. And now you're off doing what you enjoy.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, they don't push the trades as hard as they really should. Like, Mm -hmm. there's... Mm -hmm. There's a lot of kids out there that struggle with, like, to go out and do the different things, but you throw throw them into problem-solving on a vehicle and they thrive at it or, like, building different things. I mean, I I grew up on a farm, so I was building stuff all the time, like, just tinkering with stuff. And my dad's a mechanic and—or was a mechanic, so, I mean, it kind of, like, it helped me— Kind of figure out what i wanted to do quicker but yeah there needs to be more opportunity for the kids to to try these different things to see what they want to do
0: yeah 100 percent, and it just opens up doors like down here in lethbridge we're, we're really fortunate all the school that i work for and the school that hoff works for we're r- really supportive in, of the trades mm-hmm. and really pushing it like i'm this coming fall I start, I'm starting, um, intro to the trades course where we're doing, they get, they get a chance to try everything, a little bit of everything like wiring and construction and HVAC and, you know, whatever, whatever that, whatever journeyman we can get in to help. (laughs) That's what we'll offer and some automotive and, you know, small engine stuff and just dabbling here and there. But, um, it just opens the doors for them and it, it shows, maybe shows them what they maybe shouldn't try. Right, because it'd be yeah. the worst if they went in and wasted a year or two of tuition, and they're like, "Actually, this isn't for me." Well, they can figure that out in high school, and then they can they're they didn't waste any time or money, and they're that much further ahead.
1: Well, and that's where like when I one of the things that I did was I took work ex, like we were offered work experience, so I did a job shadowing day with. Cont- uh, conservation officer and I loved it. But then when I realized I didn't have the, the credits and the courses for that, then I did, uh, I did work experience with a welder and got this, and it was in a repair shop. So it was something new all the time. And he was showing me piles of stuff and I'm still, still good friends with him. And I, I still phone him for advice every now and then, like this guy just, he knows everything about everything. So I, I never lost his number became good friends and I like I can call him anytime for help and that's pretty awesome.
2: I think that's awesome to have a mentor type I guess I don't know if you would view him as a mentor but for people to have somebody to look up to to be able to call I'm quite close with my old shop teacher and um, again kind of same thing I can call him up whether it's CNC software questions or you know whatever and to have somebody that you can call whenever. Text whatever. Communicate. Uh, ask questions. Um, I think that can go a long way in the development of your skill sets um, for you to k- pass on to other people and even grow, make yourself more efficient. Um, quality of work might go up. Um, I think it's important to have people that you can, you know, ask, and they're not like, hey, because there's a lot of people that keep their, you know, trade secrets or their the ways they do stuff uh, very close to themselves. And yeah, like, I can see why mm-hmm. people do that, but sharing knowledge and, you know, you put it out there. and We've talked with some guests where, you know, lots of people just here. here's what I do. If yeah. you want to spend the time to figure out how to make it efficient for you, great, but this is how I do it. And the sharing of knowledge I think is huge um, in the trades. And there's a lot of people that know stuff, whether they've been to school or not um, that I think can help a ton of people out. So that's cool to have somebody that you can, uh, you know, call up anytime and be like, Hey man, I need help on this. What would you do?
1: <laughs> yeah. One, yeah like there's like i've been out on jobs where the like the employer's looking at me like hey, what are we doing here and I'll uh, just give me one second i go back to my truck and call up gary and hey man like i think i know what i'm talking about here but just i just want to confirm with you and and then he corrects me and i go back and all right we got to do it this way and and uh but yeah it's it's always good to have someone you can in your back pocket, you can call right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, kind of that's a good that's a good segue to my next question. So, I want to know a time. What was your grind time story? Like something that, like something that came up in your life, or uh, uh, when you persevered through adversity, or something a hard challenge that came up, and something that like really sucked to get through. And then I want to know like how did you get through it? Where did you find that? Because our show is a, a lot about. Um, trying it getting out even if it, if you're not familiar with the process let's say woodworking i got i know nothing about but i owe it to myself to actually try i'm not gonna yeah. you know just pawn it off or, or buy something like i need to actually try this and go forward <laughs> and then i discover that hey i got these skills and but what was a time in your life you know coming up like we'll go before the whole TikTok stuff just in trades life kind of what you referred to maybe Um, where like something that really sucked to get through in that, in that experience.
1: So I guess when, so when I had my original welding shop and it failed miserably and I decided I wanted to move to the city, I wanted to move to Calgary and, and get a job up there. And so I was just cruising, looking for jobs. I find one and they're looking for an aluminum welder. Mm. Aluminum TIG welder, and I hadn't TIG welded in—I don't know—eight years when I was in school. Like the last time I did it was when I was in school. So I went in, went into the interview and and uh, told told him I was looking for work. And yeah, are you a TIG welder? You betcha. <laughs> <laughs> <All> <laughs> Whatever day. you guys need. <laughs> so. So he, he's like hey well we'll do a weld test and i'm like ah, oh, shit so uh, i'm thinking to myself i'm like well if if the machine's set up i'm good to go so he gets me some scrap aluminum and he or we did first we did the uh, mild steel and i did like i can i can run rods i can burn wire and then he has me aluminum and he's like all right do beat here and I'll, I'll be back in five minutes and so there was this guy that worked there and we called him the crazy Russian. <laughs> and he didn't speak a whole bunch of English. Like it was very broken up. And so I said to him, I said, can you set this machine for me? He's like, you know how to take? I'm like, I know how to take if it's set up, just set it for me. So he ended up setting the machine for me. And yeah, I ran a weld and passed with flying colors and got the job. So I guess that's, that's one of my... I don't know that's not really great grind story um i guess i guess the biggest one would be before i started up snake eyes welding here recently um so i was working for an oil company and for i guess it was seven years and i mean it was like I, i was a contractor to him so we didn't get treated the same as employees and Like depression sort of started setting in, like getting up at three in the morning for call outs and missing birthdays of your kids and different things. And I was getting drug rate, rate down. Um, And yeah, I kind of, yeah, I kind of went into a bit of depression there. And this was all like at the end of COVID or right in the middle of COVID too. And so this is kind of before, right before TikTok. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I decided it was, it was time for me to leave the oil field and, and do my own thing. So I decided to start, start my welding shop up again. And that was, that was the hardest thing ever because, I mean, when I had my welding shop before and trying to get the clients and everything like that, and then when I quit, so people were leery about hiring me again, like, is this guy going to be around? Yeah. Is he, like, is, is he sticking around this time? And so I started the first few little jobs I did here and there, but then I started getting bigger and bigger jobs. And so finally I quit, quit the oil field and opened up the welding shop and like taken on like 20 foot truck decks and mm. rebuilding super bees and different stuff. And we had a lot of big jobs come through the shop right away that scared the hell out of me as one guy, no, no overhead cranes, So, I mean, like like i was just like for a set of super bees we were putting new slopes in it and one guy trying to take a four by ten sheet of steel and slide it in there all on your own and it yeah you just figure out different ways to do stuff And, and once it started started coming together and i started to to push through things and and able to afford different tools that I can use in the shop and to make life easier. I guess that that's probably the biggest grind was mm. was quitting quitting my my steady job with the oil field, good paycheck and just going go for my own business. That, I guess that would probably be it.
0: So when you're so when you when you quit this job and you're standing in your shop and you're like holy crap this is actually happening. What was going through your mind? Like what emotions were you feeling? What, like, what, what was it? Were you just I, like, I
1: was, a puddle I was of piss scared. on the floor. Like, what? So, <laughs> like, so I do scrap metal too. So oh, okay. I had a whole pile of scrap and scrap was up that year. And that definitely helped. Like I hauled in a pile of scrap and I spent every cent of that scrap money on like a welding truck and a welding truck that broke down very very often um the first day i went out with it the welder piled up on it and i had to buy a new welder like it was just a whole bunch of problems and i kept second guessing like was this the right thing and like i always had a job to go to like with the oil field they always said like if you want to come back just come back and i kind of just swallowed my pride i'm like no i'm i'm gonna stick this one out Mm -hmm. and uh Yeah, it was, there was a lot of long nights in the shop, there was a lot, like, everyone thinks when you're your own boss, you can take time off whenever you want and do what you want, but you work harder because you're trying to achieve something so that you can get time off, and that, that was the biggest thing, the biggest challenge I found was to take, take some time for myself rather than grinding so, so hard that it it was wearing me down again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it was absolutely frightening to, to quit my steady paycheck where I knew I, I got this much a month that's coming in and now, now I got to make it, it's make or break. Right. So
2: when you were in your dark, your depression there, you were like, you were talking about missing family stuff and, you know, just trying to grind out. What was the driving force or the, motivation to kind of overcome that challenge that you were faced with
1: uh it was well it was was basically my family right like it I I was every day driving home it was like you just just thinking about different things and you're out in minus 40 weather thawing out wells and wishing you were at home with your kids or something like that and so I mean thinking about my family and and that was the drive and force. Like how, how do I get myself home more to be around my family more? And I, I figured my way out, my way out was to start my own business and go crazy doing that.
0: <laughs> mm. Hey, that, that's good on you Cause I think there's a lot of people who put that career in and earning the dollar ahead of their family. And it's so hard I think, like I think you're not. I mean, oh, yeah. any dad can relate. It's like, okay, I want to do this. I know how I can make this, but then these little guys and my wife are at home. So how can I balance that? But I think there's a lot. I think it happens a lot where people just get caught up in the pursuit of that dollar, and and then they end up missing a ton. And so good on you for identifying that as something important and then making that shift. Um, so when you were starting that company, um, Snake Eyes. Uh, what was like? How did you maintain that focus? And because I know you had you had you said you swallowed your pride and said this is I'm gonna grind this out and this is how what it's gonna be. But it's probably tempting to go back to that job at times, right? Or or get an offer here. or Your buddy ha- says you should do this or whatever it is. So how did you maintain that focus on, and or in times of like doubt or because I'm sure at the beginning you're like kind of jacked too as well as scared. But then when those like feelings fade, how did you you know? focus and maintain that drive during those, those types of times?
1: I, uh, I don't know really how to answer that. Like we've, <laughs> Sorry.
0: Long way it's
1: to <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Cause I mean, yeah, I, I'm not real sure how to, how to answer. We Have you ever I thought just, of it
0: that way that like, you actually Yeah, persevere? I never really
1: thought about it. Like, it. Like because from the outside in, it,
0: it's like this like, is really impressive that this guy did this, right? From the outside, and so maybe you're just like that's just normal
1: life. Well, I wouldn't say it. Like I worked my ass yeah. off to to get the this business up to to where I'm getting consistent jobs and and it's keeping me busy. And it like the biggest thing was, I guess, the quality. Like I'm a real stickler for quality that's why I won't hire anyone because I don't want to have I don't I'm worried about the quality that they're going to put out out in the field and I don't want to get called out to fix something that one of my guys does or something like that and like one of like I was always the second call to when I when I started out I was mm-hmm. always guys have phone me and say oh yeah so-and-so is busy so I'm phoning you and I I really strive to be that first call Mm -hmm. that once I got out to work for someone, it was usually that I was getting that first call the next time because they, they liked my work. They liked what I did. And yeah, I don't know. That's tough to answer that question. I don't know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Do you find in the welding, excuse me, the welding industry that there are people that just, and I think every industry probably has it um, that people just kind of, slap stuff together that you're talking about quality, you know, there, I don't, I think it's shifting now where people are trying to, you know, maintain a certain level of quality and trying to excel at that. Uh, but I feel like there's sometimes there's lots of people that just want to slap stuff together. Uh, do you notice that in your field where you're fixing lots of people's
1: screw ups? I've fixed a lot of people's stuff. Hmm. Like I can, like there's a, a little plaque that you can buy that says if you watch me well or this is my welding rate. If you watch, it's ten dollars more. If you tell me how to do it, it's twenty dollars more. If you tried to fix it yourself first, it's a hundred dollars an hour more. Um there there's been stuff that's come through my shop that it's been like people that that say they're welders or like try they try I mean they try hard, but mm-hmm. Just get it, like, get it fixed right the first time and you don't... It takes me less time to fix something that just broke rather than something that broke you tried to fix it and then you brought it to me when it broke the second time, right? And theres there's been some quality issues in the area. Um, like, I, I've fixed some pretty gnarly stuff around here. <laughs>
3: really? and, oh, man. Like,
1: I don't know who who is fixing the stuff, but man, like, and, but that's everywhere though. Like you always get the people that, yeah, they just slap it together. Um, I remember I, I, when I first started my company back up and I got, I got called out to a job or a guy had referred me because he couldn't get out there. And the way I was taught to fix this stuff was with my air error gouging and like gouging out cracks and stuff like that. And I got out there and I I took my gouger with me. I didn't have air. I couldn't get my air compressor to work. And so I phoned and was like, how do you get into these cracks? And, oh, we just use the torch and blow them out as best we can. And so I I looked (laughs) at what needed to be fixed. And I was like, no, this isn't a torch job. So I asked the guy, I said, do you have an air compressor on site? Like, I need to gouge this out. And I was there for... I think it was eight hours gouging and welding on this bucket. And that turned into, that was the first year I had my business back open and it turned into me being at that gravel pit three days a week for at least five, six hours a day. Like that was one job. Like I did a quality job on one job and then I was the first call and I made it a priority to get out to those guys. I'd go out when they were off shift or whenever, and just to make sure to keep them happy, because I mean they were they were paying a lot of my bills that year. Hmm. But yeah, the quality, yeah, it, it's hard to there. It, yeah, like I, I'm real big on it's got to be done right, mm-hmm. and First if time. I don't know how to do it right, I'll make a phone call and ask like, hey, what's the best way to do this? Or yeah. like I, I have enough people in my back pocket and have done enough different things to that it should be done proper coming out of my shop. Any
0: yeah. No shit leaves the shop, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: Like,
0: oh man. How does that feel when like I could just imagine someone brings something to you and you just see all this like popcorn chicken crap welds just and you're like, Oh my gosh. And it looks like some, you know, like it was done on, on a Friday, on a Friday in a, a, Friday in a <laughs> farmer's field with two jump <laughs> jumper cables and hooked up to the truck battery and and some seventy eighteen rod that's had all the you know uh, flux off of it and it just like it just looks like absolute trash like how do people you have to try to do that poorly probably like you <laughs> like well, I-, I have kids
1: it's so I have <laughs> hard to do poor work like that's the thing with welding is like. There's a lot of factors in how how you do your processes to the quality you have, and that's the thing is, is like a lot of guys they will just oh it's a welding rod you stick it in you put some electricity through it and you go like no there it's a lot more than that, mm-hmm. and like yeah it, it's it's hard when you when you get a job in that the customer has worked on many many times before and it's held for them a couple times then breaks and then they just keep stacking steel on top and it takes long it usually takes longer to cut off and clean up all of their stuff than it does to fix it properly once you're (laughs) down to what's broke oh man
0: that's insane
1: it yeah some of the stuff that that i've had through my shop is just gross (laughs) And like some of it's been on the highway too. Like it, yeah, it's just, you wouldn't believe some of the stuff that's on the highway that the people are, have no idea about.
0: And you see the next
1: time you're following a logging truck or something like that, just, just think it's, it's just welds that are holding it together and it's whether or not the guy knew what he was doing when he fixed the problems on that trailer. That's
2: start driving with my hand over my yeah, face. Yeah, and no, just, leave it a little. <laughs> just turn yeah. As soon
0: as you see a locking truck or anything, yeah. just turn off. Like, no wonder DOT is <laughs> always out in the summertime, right? Like, good, I guess. Like, you know, people are like, oh, DOT, but it's like they're keeping people safe. Like, and alive. And alive. Way, right? Like, that's crazy.
1: Well, I, I'm the same way. When I see DOT, I'm, I'm the same way. And oh, it's yeah, usually you... I'm pulling like, I... I'll be the first to admit that my trailer doesn't look the best, but I mean, it's all held together and I get tickets for whatever else, but I mean, it's safe to be on the road. The lights might not work all great, but yeah, but yeah, I'm the same way. I see DOT and yeah, I hope you don't get a ticket, but yeah, they're, they're doing their job. And I mean, that's what they, what they have to do to, to find the stuff that's broken and unsafe, right? So,
2: so you can fix it. Yeah, so you, yeah. yeah exactly. you, that's what
0: you should do. Just go whenever you see a DOT's check stop, <laughs> you pull over without your trailer, you pull over. Yeah. And with you, your welding rig and, and you just yeah, start. To... Yeah, or you hand out business cards to these guys.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, any of this stuff, I can fix. Just send it to me. <laughs> Did, do you find being a farm boy has helped you out uh, just with doing differently? You're saying, you know, Speaking tinkering. from our field of teaching, when farm kids come through our areas, <laughs> it is yeah, like windy. night and day. Yeah. You know whether they know what they're doing in a specific area, for woodworking instance. But you explain just a couple little things to them, and they take off. Do you find that that's helped you as you've gone throughout your your career in welding and just having some and being involved maybe at a younger age, tinkering with stuff? Has that helped, kind of? I guess your problem solving arsenal as you've gone through welding.
1: Oh, for sure. It's like, I mean, when you're out on the farm, you're always, and I didn't grow up on the farm. Like, I didn't move to the farm until I was, I think it was 13 years old. But once I got to the farm, it was, what can I get myself into to get myself in trouble and build <laughs> and different things? Like, I had a car that had flamethrowers out the exhaust. Yeah, <laughs> you did. Spark <laughs> um, plugs
0: on the exhaust tips probably, hey? Yeah yeah yeah
1: like we we used to have a car rally and yeah i had stacked like i had straight pipes out the side and my dad came into the shop and he seen me tapping spark plugs into the pipes he's like <laughs> what are you doing and I said oh i rigged up a manual choke on it too and he just shook his head he's like you're gonna light the country on fire <laughs> but uh no i and that's the thing like the a lot of the parents of, the, of these farm kids they encourage their kid to go out and and explore in the shop, do different things and like have projects and stuff like that. And especially like it's not really getting themselves in trouble. It's just, they're, they're finding things to do and it's, it's their interest. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. But yeah,
1: farm kids definitely like they're, they're a different breed too. Like you're, Oh yeah. When you're a farm kid at, 10, 12 years old, you're on a tractor picking rocks or doing whatever, right? So you're learning to do a lot of different things that, say, a city kid wouldn't get to do because they don't have that opportunity. And a lot of people rag on farm kids, but farm kids, yeah, they get to do all this stuff and they learn a lot of things early on. And that's why you see a lot of farm kids get into the trades and and do that source of, sort of work
0: and do well in it and they get jobs because they've learned how to tinker they've learned how to problem solve like you said and it's just and at an early age it's really cool to like i've taught that they're they're really they're really uncommon nowadays too like whenever a yeah. farm kid comes in you can you can tell him him or her because i've had some really good um female farm kids too and she this one gal just graduated. She has excellent work ethics. She has a bunch of cows and horses, and she's going to be a welder. And uh, it's on. like, she's a farm kid. And it's like, when you get that one farm kid, you're like, oh, you, you know. You got it. You understand. Hey, can you do this? Yep. Comes back 10 minutes later. Hey, what else you need me to do? Or What else can I do?
3: forward, yeah, the work thinking.
1: ethic is... Is great. Yeah, it's really because cool. they have all these chores. Like half the kids, before they get on the bus, they got to go feed the chickens. Yeah, yeah, they got to yeah. go do all the different things. They have all these chores they have to get done, right? Yeah. So they got a great work ethic.
0: So let's get into. I, I've got
2: a quick question oh yeah, here while ahead. we're on this farm, kid. Hey, don't Here's, let a, me, here's don't a here's don't a here's a, a good <laughs> time. Here's a question. You go. How hmm. do how would city kids or, you know, somebody, a family in the city, how can they give an opportunity for their kids? How am I trying to say to how, have these to, to have these opportunities that farm kids just grow up with. How can maybe parents provide their kids with opportunities that can expose them to, you know, problem solving or doing these chores and being around the shop and stuff like that? Great question.
1: That is a great <laughs> question. And- <laughs> that's a tough one because it's not easy for like, unless you live on the farm, like, I don't know.
2: Does it come down down to some parents too? Okay. So,
1: so on, on my acreage, like I've, I've had lots of different like kids come to work for me and I've had the, the city type kids like uh, like Vulcan's a small town but mm-hmm. I've had like the city type and then I've had the farm kids and it's a noticeable difference like when you get a like a city type kid out on the farm and you tell them you get, you're going to be weed eating for four hours today and it's just easier for him to say no I don't want to do that mm-hmm. but you get a farm kid out okay yeah I'll do that I'll do it What's in next? three <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, I don't like I guess if if a kid wanted to do that and a parent wanted to give that kid that opportunity, the best thing would be to look for like during the summer or something like that. Look for a farm that is looking for a summer student mm. to like work on the farm, do chores and like just little things here and there. That That's the best I can answer that really like it it's hard because i mean if you live in say lethbridge right in the middle of lethbridge it's you're to drive them out for the day or whatever like and it it falls on the parents too like does a parent want to drive his kid out to a farm at six in the morning for work not not very likely but it's, it's tough. I don't, I don't know how to answer that. With.
2: I guess even being involved, like being around in the shop and around tools. And I guess it also probably comes down to, uh, what the parents' backgrounds are. If they're not, yeah. you know, mechanically inclined or they don't have any tools or a garage or whatnot. Um, cause it, as my kids get older and it's luckily, you know, being in the trades, I would like them to be comfortable around not only, you know, wood shop stuff, but hopefully automotive and, you know, some welding and stuff, but. Uh, I've got a little bit of a background. I was really involved or my dad was involved when I was little being, you know, building birdhouses and fixing fences. And my uncle was a welder. So I was kind of around a lot of stuff, but if you don't have that opportunity, how do you know what these trades can offer? And you know, that, you know, that spark goes off when you're 10, you're like, Hey, I want to build cars now. Some of these kids don't have that. And I just don't know how they can get that opportunity.
1: Go to, go to a junkyard. Yeah, or or go go buy a, a a motorbike that's broke down that they and tell them to take it apart, figure out what's wrong with it, get it running. Um, one thing that I guess so one of my hobbies is demolition derby, and if you want to learn how to be like oh, what's the word like if you want to learn how to fix something, not necessarily the proper way, but make it work. Get into demolition derby. Like it the different things you learn like it. So in demo derby, you're you're doing welding, you're doing automotive, you're doing body work, you're you're doing all the all the automotive stuff, but then you're also doing the welding and different things too. Like there's different sports that you can get into that really gets your hands hands dirty into that and and really like you start learning different things too. Like I, everything I know automotive wise, like my dad was a mechanic, but when I got into demolition derby at 16 and I've been doing it for 23 years now, I can pull an engine out and put an engine in in an hour and <laughs> change awesome. a transmission in one of my cars in 45 minutes. Like it's, it's it's crazy the things you learn you wouldn't think you think it's just smashing cars but the things you learn about taking cars apart and the wiring aspects and different things like there's a lot there
0: and even the problem solving in between heats right i've been on a couple pit crews in in uh, a demo derby and like the Vauxhall one and yeah uh, you go you go out you do that first heat you come back, okay, the rad's busted. How are we going to fix that? The transmission line's blue. How are we going to fix that? It's overheating, blah, blah, blah. Run the lines in the cooler. Put some ice on. And it's like, boom, boom, boom. You got your under pressure. You have to problem solve and apply the skills that you know that you've learned or or learn on the fly to, to figure it out yeah. and make it work or else you're done. Exactly. <laughs> Is that called so, grind time? I, <laughs> that's grind
2: time right there. Yeah, you
0: bet. <laughs> and then to see it start up and then go out with the back the back end on a – like the it's completely squished and it's like lopsided and duh, 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 back into the center. Yes. That's a good feeling. It runs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So let's, let's start talking about this, the TikTok stuff now. So I'm really okay. excited to talk about. So you're, um. You, you got into this, you, you, you had the bet with your wife, you started that and then, you went on from there, and then all of a sudden, you saw that you did it like a reaction video, and it took off. Um, tell us what what happened next. So, like, what, what in that story? Because it's it. You haven't just you do you do these reaction videos, but they're different every time. And like, what was that process like? Gaining traction and 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 what, and what have you learned from that? Just tell us the whole, whatever highlights you want to talk about.
1: So when I when I started doing it. Like once I started up the what and away account and I was still doing my welding stuff too. And, but the, the what and away stuff, it was the reaction video. I, I was always watching a guy, um, Sidney Raz and he, he's the guy, I don't know if you've seen him, the, here's something I didn't know before I was in my thirties.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: And so I like, not to say that I copied them, but like, it's the same sort of thing, and like talking to a few people, they're like, "Oh, you created your own niche on TikTok," and I kind of did with the whole what and way thing. But like, I, I I've always said what in a way, and fuck's sake, and like I mean, being a welder, that one goes <laughs> goes <laughs> hand in hand with that. But uh, yeah,
0: I was just I was gonna ask, is that where that? tagline came from every time you see one of those shitty weld jobs come in that you need to fix. Is that where that yeah. came from?
1: <laughs> well, my wife thinks that I stole fuck's sake from her, but I, I've always said it like, and pretty much since I became a welder, like when I started working as a welder, that's when I started picking up that language. But, uh, yeah. So I started out, I was doing, I, I, I was doing two, three reaction videos a day. Like I was trying to figure out how, how to grow my account. And I mean, when you get, when you get that first thousand followers, you're like, wow, like I got a thousand people that are watching this stuff. And like, I used to think like getting like 10,000 views, I was like, holy, like this is just mind blowing. I can't believe it. But when you hit a million views on a video or 10 million views on a video and you get, two, three hundred thousand followers out of a video. It just <laughs> it's it, it's a switch that flips in your brain. You're like, OK, I might be on to something here. And yeah, so I, I, I started doing some research, like when the best times to post is. And I was really watching my analytics on my TikTok to see like kind of the age groups that were watching me, the gender. And what time most of my followers were watching. And then that's when I started. So most of my following watches my videos at about one or two in the afternoon. So that's when I would post all my videos was one or two in the afternoon. And I stopped doing the three videos a day because it was just, it was burning up content, right? Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't seeing the returns on the views and everything like that by doing three videos a day as opposed to doing one video every day or two days. So then once I, once I really started looking at it and then you're, then yeah, you're consistently getting a million views. Like I, I had a streak of, I think 30, 30 videos or more that went over a million views all within, within a day. Wow. So like in, in a month's time of posting, I had videos that were doing a million views at least a day. Is that and feeling, that's pretty cool.
2: Is that feeling addictive when you, you know, you put this video out, like you said, you know, you're trying to figure out timelines and sending three, you do these ones, you get 10 million views. Is that addicting? And almost does your mindset turn to, I want to just focus on this. Like, is it hard to maintain that your welding shop and all that stuff? And then oh, yeah. that stuff's blowing up and you're like, do you want to just focus on the, on the content? Yeah. With
1: the the way it, it started blowing up. And I was really, I was trying to trying to figure like, okay, like this one way stuff, like I'm getting the views, but I mean, you got to turn your views into like you, you have to monetize it some way. Right. Like, and so that was, that was part of the thing. Like, so I have my welding business, but I'm doing this TikToks and the Instagram, the Facebook, Trying to grow my YouTube, like that's where you can make some decent money, is when your YouTube blows up. But uh, yeah, like so we're. I, I'm trying to balance both of it, but then you got, like we're, it's it's a fine line of trying to figure out where you want to go with it. If you if you want to like I I worked really hard, and that's where I'm at. I, I worked really hard to build my welding shop to where it is that I don't want to give it up to just do social media and half my social media is out in the shop and mm-hmm. anyways. So, I mean, I may as well be, be out there anyways and making content, but yeah, it, it is addicting and it turns into like, there's a lot of disappointment there too. Right. So you get a video, you go on a streak of 10 videos that do over a million views and then you post something and it only does, 50 or hundred thousand views and then you start questioning you're like well what the hell did i do wrong here why is no one like oh, my shadow band or whatever like and i was taking videos down like if they didn't hit a mid- million views i'd take them down i'd try repost them at a different time or i'd i'd redo it or something and i i talked to one of my buddies that he's big into the woodworking side of social media and he's like no he's like leave everything up and just learn from it mm-hmm. if if something doesn't do good there's a reason mm-hmm. so you just watch it over and over and and see why try and figure out why
0: that's a grind too
1: what's, it is, it is like
0: like what's that like you know it's like okay well I should probably do a video today i didn't do one yesterday Got to keep the algorithm happy, but I also have I got to... got this trailer
2: to. I got to get out to a customer in three hours, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know,
0: like how do you how do you keep the ambition to to do both, to do that? It's, Is it the dopamine from the views? Like,
1: <laughs> it's tough, and I mean, it, it like when I was in the oil field, and and you get like not bitched up, but you get like how like you need to be home more, you need to be with your kids more, stuff like that. But then I'm sitting there flicking on TikTok, yeah. trying to find hacks or something that I can do my style of video to. And and then that turned into, like, finally seeing them, like, well, shit, I'm up until midnight every night fucking looking for videos. And it, yeah, so, I mean, I I have slowed down a little bit on how many videos I post through the week, just because I, I'm trying to keep... The balance between my business and and my family and yeah just and them finding the content to do right
0: because you got to do some research hey eh?
1: well yeah and that's the thing like if i got i got to research different things i got to find find content to do but i don't want to like i'm still trying to balance everything it'd be easier if i picked one or the other and just did it but I don't know who it's hard to take the leap from owning a business that you've worked so hard on and just saying, no, I'm going to put that aside and try social media. Like I, Mm -hmm. I can't, it's hard for me to take that leap.
2: I got to commend you for keeping your family first. You've mentioned that with, you know, getting out of the oil field and, (laughs) and with your welding shop and trying to, you know, Keep your family at the center point. I think a lot of people, I'm bad for that sometimes, you know, you get home after a full day's work, You start flicking through Instagram, whatever you get those, you know, dopamine levels get up because you watch some cool stuff that you haven't seen. And next thing you know, it's, you know, 8.30, 9, the kids are in bed or you need to put them in bed and you're just, you're, you're, you're there, but you're not present with them. You know, and then I, I yeah. think that can be the addiction And maybe a negative of social media for a lot of people. I have to kind of put myself in check, and sometimes I have to delete all that for you know one or two weeks because you just become a zombie, and you know your kids are wanting to have fun and do stuff, and you're you know oh yeah whatever, throw some TV on, and
1: (laughs) yeah. I mean this is my time, and that's not
2: even being a content you know that's not even being a content creator. So when you're doing this and you're maintaining these certain you know, releases of videos and trying to find times. Like that's just got to be hard as doing it. It's almost like a second job. And so you've got, you know, your family, your welding shop, and then your social media. I, I, I don't know how people do it, you know, uh, just. It, well, yeah, it's and crazy. then,
1: and then to add on top of that, like, like our, our merch that we sell, mm-hmm. like that's turned into like, so my wife took, so my wife has a lot to do with this. Like, if so, I, I never wanted to go live on any of my social media because I I hate being on camera. Which so do is, I? <laughs> yeah, I hate being on camera. But am I your so wife, I, in this scenario? <laughs> I, I never wanted to go live, and then we had people that were asking for for merch. They're like, "Oh, we need a fuck say cat or button away hats and stuff like that." And so she dove right into that. And it's turned into a full-time job for her now. And so we're at the point where we have the welding business. We have the What No Way videos to do. Plus we, and we opened up a storefront as well with our merch. Hmm. So that's a full-time wow. job for her. Plus then we got the kids on top of that. Plus like we do meet and greets. And I mean, it. it's like we're, we're busier than we've ever really ever been, (laughs) which, which is good. You got to like strike while the iron's hot. Right. So that's kind of what we're, how we're looking at it, but yeah, it's tough.
2: What are some highlights of, you know, your, your videos, TikTok, your social media, you know, celebrities you've met, opportunities uh, that you've been able to, you know, go with. Uh, Has that kind of journey been pretty cool to look back and see what,
1: this channel that you
2: started with has done for you and your family? I mean, there,
1: there is a lot of things that I've gotten to do strictly because of what, no way. And like, I mean, uh, Gore Bamford, I, I've met him. I've actually become pretty good friends with, with him. Um, NHRA, like they invited me down to Seattle for a weekend to go to the races. And, like it turned out that all of the crews on the, t- like in NHRA loved my videos. So <laughs> I got like backstage tours of everyone's trailers and different things, right?
0: That's so sweet. There's
1: a lot of cool things that, that I wouldn't otherwise get to, get to do. And then, like, I mean, um, yeah, like messages. Um, I, I'm drawing a blank on the guy that, uh, that sent me a message. Uh, he's in all the Adam Sandler movies. Um, really? Nick Schwartzen. Okay. Oh yeah. He sent me a message on Instagram. He's like, man, I love your stuff. It's funny as hell. I was like, what? That's no so way. Sweet. Nick Schwartzen sent no me. A- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he bought a bunch of, a bunch of our merch for his buddies. Like wow. it, it's, Jeez. I don't know. It, it's crazy. The reach that this has has gotten. And yeah, it's, and the opportunities that it, it's bringing forward, like I mean, it, it's it's boosted my welding business too. Mm-hmm. Like when I I show different different things that I build and stuff like that on my what and away page, and I mean, my Snake Eyes welding page has grown over a hundred thousand. Mm. So now now I'm getting people phoning me that I want the what and away guy to build me something. That's cool, and, it, and it's it coming is cool. together. are both
2: both almost complementing each other. Right, that's full circle. all that extra work that you're doing is cycling around. Now you're gonna and just... change it to what no way welding. <laughs> yeah, instead yeah, of snake eyes.
0: Not. Hey, and then you you want the what no way guy to build you a, whatever a trailer? <laughs> no, <laughs> then it'd be way full circle. I can only do the top though, the roof part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious.
1: So yeah, no, it's it's been cool, and I mean companies that are reaching out like um like i had a guy send me send me this all oh, TIG welded beautiful yeah yeah he built this and he's like i want you to have it like like i wouldn't be getting this shit if i wasn't <laughs> the no way guy like yeah. sorry i don't know if no I'm yeah allowed to swear it on it's all good not, but... no
0: <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of beep, yeah.
1: beep. no no, no. we'll good. just
0: mark it explicit and then it's fine
1: yeah <laughs> But like yeah, like it's it's cool. I've I've met uh so I get yeah. So one of the things I was talking with my wife is a different different people that I wanna meet or like people that I've kind of dreamed of meeting. Like so my childhood hockey hero was there and flirty. So we had the Camaros crush owner call us and he's like hey why don't you come up to a game players love you and it, so it's a senior double a team and we get up there and they ask me to do the lineup and i was like yeah that's cool and he's like yeah theron flurry's gonna do a little talk after you and i was like what theron flurry's here yeah yeah he's gonna do actually he's gonna do the lineup so you just kind of go in and give the guys a what and a way." and i was like well fuck theron flurry's stealing my thunder <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so, yeah, I got to meet there in Flurry. So that was cool. And then, like, with the score Bamford, like, talking with him, and we went up to his charity event. He does this big uh, charity uh, golf tournament. And we went up there, and he wanted me to be one of the celebrities to be auctioned off. And I was like, well, I'm not not much of a celebrity, but okay. So I, I got up. I was the first guy to get auctioned. And I sold for eleven thousand dollars, which wow. blew my mind. I was That's like, awesome. "If I if if I make two grand, I'll be happy." And then when it closed at eleven thousand, I was just in awe, couldn't believe it. And then so Theron went up after me, and he sold for eleven five. I'm like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" Like I almost <laughs> sold for as much as Theron flirt. But then, like I, I was sitting with there in that night and talking with them and stuff like it, it was really cool. So, um, so that was kind of one thing I, I got to meet there out of that. And, and, uh, like, I don't know if we could say we're friends, but like, we, I've talked to him a few times. And then when I was down at NHRA, um, kind of my racing hero is Tony Stewart. And I w- was they thought that I was going to get to meet him and they thought they would be that he would be at them races, but he didn't end up coming. But, uh, so I, I, didn't get to meet Tony Stewart. And then the other guy is Ryan Reynolds and everyone, everyone comments that I sound like Ryan Reynolds and people always tag him in in my videos and stuff. So that'd be cool if I can meet Ryan Reynolds, but, but yeah, like it, because of what, in a way. And this whole thing, I've, I've got to do some cool stuff. Um, and and there's more stuff on the way too that, like, my whole family is going to get to enjoy, right? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm.
2: so all that hard work is, all that grind time, yeah, is paying off. <laughs> yeah,
0: hundred percent fruitful. Hey, eh?
2: love it. <laughs> it's got to do it. Yeah. Hey. Eh?
0: Yeah. What are some lessons you've learned about over this whole what from the beginning? Um, you know pursuing well a welding career to pr- getting your um, business back on track to then exploding with this TikTok uh, experience you're having right now. What are some, what are like? what's the big, w- one big lesson that sticks out to you um, that's kind of shaped your perspective on, on, on things?
1: Dream big. Yeah. Like it, you got to have a dream of what, what you want to do. My wife is a big, Like, what's your dreams? Which she was always asking me. What's your dreams? What's your dreams? And now I I finally started opening up and telling her, like, different things that I want to do. And now, like, once you start talking about the dreams that you have, you can start making realities out of them, right? And, like, it was the same thing with my welding business. Like, I I want it to be a big welding business. And once, I mean, with the TikTok, it's starting to grow. It's starting to get big. And yeah, with the TikTok, I mean, it's like we're, we're, we're dreaming big with it and it's, it's turning into a really big thing. Like some of the guys, when I first started my TikTok and some of the first people I followed and I was like, holy crap, these guys have 2 million followers. And like, I'm, I'm past some of the people that I looked up to on, on TikTok or still look up to but I have surpassed them in followers and views and stuff like that. And it's uh, it has been a a grind. Like, like I used to say that it it was just dumb luck, but like we, we worked our ass off to get everything where it is now. And yeah, you just got to dream big and, and, and put in the work really.
2: Get those hands dirty. Love it. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So Sean, as we kind of wrap up here um, with our three questions here, um, what do what is some advice you have for somebody who wants to get started into welding?
1: Uh you need. So if you want to get into welding, you got to figure out what kind of welding you want to do. You need to figure out if you want to be a pipeline welder, if you want to be on the road all the time, if you want to be gone from your family, or if you if you're single, if you if you want to make money. You got to figure out what type of welding you want to do if all you want to do is run rod on pipe, then then yeah you're gonna have to learn you're gonna have to go out and get the experience on the pipeline and set up for that but if you if you're like me you want to do something different every day go find a repair shop that you can work in apprentice at and like the biggest thing is is all these kids now is they're so entitled they they don't like to listen. Yep. Go be an apprentice somewhere and fucking listen to every like <laughs> take be it the all bitch in. Of <laughs> the show.
0: Yeah, 100%. You need
1: like it, tell them preach. Like, <laughs> well, you need to keep your hurt feelings at the door, right? Yeah. When you like I took a lot of crap when I started out like I mean it was 20 some years ago and like get called names and all that stuff and, like you do, you got to have tough skin if you're going to be a welder and don't take any when someone's yelling at you and calling you names don't take it personally it's just it's it's part of the trade <laughs> in all reality. Business. Like, and be, you,
0: be humble right? It's your ego yeah. that's making you, like, get mad.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You need, it, like, when someone's telling you something, you need to be a sponge. Absorb everything that they tell you and don't think you know everything because you don't. I'm still learning and stuff, and I've been in the trade for 25 years. And it's, uh, you, you never know everything you need to know about welding. There's always something to learn. So I guess that, yeah, just, you, you need to be humble and, listen and <laughs> figure out what kind of welding you want to do yeah
2: so once you figure out what type of welding you want to do uh what specific skill what specific specific holy cow i can't even talk <laughs> you, <laughs> what got, you got sun set? fried at the yeah, pool today i was in the, the outdoor <laughs> pool for too long uh what specific skill sets are important to develop uh in order to get into that or to develop in the welding trade
1: like what what sort of skills do you need?
2: Yeah, like specific like, skill sets involved in the welding trade. Uh,
1: I mean, you got to have good eye hand coordination. Mm-hmm. Um it like that that's a big the big thing. If you got to be able to use one hand, you have to have a steady hand. You like you got to be able to use both hands. Um I mean, like we're welding with a mirror behind something and reverse like it's it's very in-depth like it's not just pick up and go so yeah like eye hand coordination is a big thing um and you you have to have tough skin i mean you're gonna burn yourself so like just it's like it and you have to have a a strong body too like i mean it's hard work it's not it's not easy work. It doesn't matter what kind of welding you do. It's not easy, easy work. It, it's hard work. So, I mean, you got to be fit and in shape and have good eye hand coordination. And so, when
0: you're when I'm you're sure still... there's
1: lots of other things too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of drawing a blank here. Good, everything, yeah. but
0: good hand skills, all that stuff.
1: Yeah,
0: good um, attitude too, right? Yeah, so. exactly. Uh, for so specifically, um, you know, going down a little more uh, specific in that question, what are the, some what's let's say the top three starting out tools that if, if Green Apprentice wet behind the ear, going to the tool shop, going to the welding supply shop, going to Banditos. What are they? What are the top three starting out tools for a welder that they must have?
1: Um, I would say get a, get a good helmet, a light, like a, like you can go buy a $50 helmet and it's going to be heavy. It's going to like, when you have your hood down all, all day, it, it hurts your neck, Mm -hmm. get a light helmet, something like I personally like the auto darkening. So, I mean, if you, if that's what you like, then you're going to spend some money. So, I mean, get a good auto darkening helmet if that's what you like, if you don't like auto darkening, then get a good like carbon fiber something light. But I mean, your, your helmet's always on your head. So you, like spend the money on a nice helmet, like something that is comfortable and that you'll use. Uh, next thing would be gloves, like get a good, comfortable pair of gloves. Um, and probably like safety glasses. Like I am, very like when i don't wear my safety glasses it's it's because i don't have the certain kind that i like to wear that fit my face perfect and like yeah that's you don't do safety squints <laughs> well i do do those but usually end up in the hospital yeah, getting, yeah. <laughs> getting something pulled out so. and then that's that's
0: that's the tagline support there <laughs>
1: but i mean a chip, a chip and a hammer is a chip and hammer like yeah you, when you're when you're tooling up you need to think of your what you're going to use personally like your helmet your safety glasses your gloves um like a good fr shirt something that sparks aren't going to burn through you but that yeah and if you're going to banditos yeah they they got all that stuff they got all that stuff
0: shout out (laughs) to banditos yeah i love those guys um hey i want to say sean thank you so much for coming on today
1: this is yeah no thank you for having me for this was fun
0: sharing your story opening up a little bit about the trials and and how you got through and how you you know buckled down and your grind time and just how you've become successful and i'm sure a lot of people look up to you and we really appreciate um you coming out and taking the time out of your obviously busy schedule to to chat
1: no i i appreciate it and um, I appreciate everyone that watches my videos because if it wasn't for people watching my videos, I wouldn't wouldn't have this success. So yeah. it's it's not just me. It's everyone that watches, right? So.
0: so as we kind of close up here, where can people find you? And is there anything else that you'd like to, you know, anything coming up that you want to promote? Now's the time.
1: Uh, so we're heading to Ontario. We're going to be in Belleville on, I can't remember the day. <laughs> uh, we'll be in in Lethbridge in September at uh, Hickory Street. We're okay. doing a meet and greet there. Um, people can check out my link tree, so that's got all of our meet and greets on there. It's got the dates, times. Um, go check out our YouTube. We're trying to like do some full length videos that are more more of in the life of the No Way guys. So just cool. stuff that we're doing. Not necessarily just hacks, um, but yeah, the link tree on on our bio, you can find everything from TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, everything. And we just got verified on Facebook, so Ooh. now people know who the re- which the real profile is <laughs> yeah.
3: so.
2: instead of the other thirty thousand that are yeah. trying
0: to <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what no way, spelled with zeros and yeah.
1: <laughs> I bet you oh, some of that. It's ridiculous. There's about a hundred different what and away pages it's ridiculous so dumb
0: (laughs) well sean thanks again for for coming on we really appreciate your time and i just want to say thanks to everyone for listening all of the links that sean mentioned will be in the show notes of this episode thanks again sean thanks Haw, for coming out thanks rosie and thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you in the next one